Oh man, it's the it's the old queen. It's the old queen. It's the old Jane. It is both happening in the same time frame. It's really annoying. Uh, the queen's birthday and <laughs> jubilees and all that—they just overshadow me. Uh, and I am obviously more important because I'm actually a real human being. Yeah, and you contribute to society. <laughs> yeah. And are not a lizard. So <laughs> my main question is, right. and I do, I do know this, but right. this is not the Queen's birthday. It's celebrating how long she's been alive in position of yeah, Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her official birthday is like June time as well. It's just really weird. R- right. I think it's, I think her real birthday isn't. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's April. Might be wrong. It's a pub quiz question. Also, she's a trained mechanic. I learned that uh, last week. Oh, she's got skills. She did. She did contribute in the war effort. Yeah. We mustn't let that be forgotten. <laughs> so, despite being uh, what a, a German, she was um, she was in the war. Oh, uh, yeah. But once you get to the royal <laughs> families descendant. of any nation, it's just like they're all the European. Indeed. And they, they, what was their name again? It was like something uh, something German. Oh, it really was Bad Homburg. I forgot what their name was. I'll 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 come to me in the middle of the show. I'll just shout it out. <laughs> yeah, whoever whoever's brain it arrives to first, they've got to yell it. That's it. That's the okay, rule. Okay, I, I I will avoid looking it up. But it was also your platinum jubes as well. <laughs> yeah, my platinum jubes. I'm uh... your quizly jibblies. <laughs> is that is that what the thirty years is the quizly jibblies? That's what they that's what they call it. That's what the kids call it. Yeah, for everyone out there who's creeped out by me getting old, have fun. I'm 30 now. Yeah, 30. <laughs> Welcome to the club. It feels it, feel? it feels pretty normal. I think, I've said it before, I think 25 was the last birthday that felt like a thing to me. Okay. I think 30 is like a half a step down from that. Really? And then the next one that I'm actually kind of looking at and thinking about and dreading is like 60. <laughs> I mean, I would say 30 like- is bigger than 25 because it's very much like, a, oh, you're in your 30s now. Oh, you know, you, you should have figured all your, your life out by now. Yeah, I, I feel on. like I went through that moment in my 25. I went through okay. the, what on earth? I'm 25 and life isn't figured. And now 30, I'm just like, hey, I'm exactly the same as I was 25, but I'm a bit of a nicer person in general. That's great. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I feel like... Um, I was out for dinner with someone last week who was in their mid-30s, and part of me felt like, and they were oh. you know, sharing some of their stories and their angst and and making some you know pretty poor life choices, to be honest. But rather than say, right. I mean, come on, gal, you should have your stuff figured out by now. Most people do that in their 20s. Right, I'm yeah, still thinking, well, yeah, hold on a second. Yeah. I still can't figure nah, out make half of what's going on. Adulthood is just a fiction. We're all just, our, we're all just individual people. And we we just eventually do things and do it at your own pace. We are in a society. <laughs> we, yeah, but that's the cool thing is that it's a society and that we are all we can all just judge each other a bit less according to our boxes like age and more according to our character uh, features and the things that we do and character and how we treat people and how we how we prove that we are growing up. Yeah. And part of that is going through those like slightly cringy mistakes. Sometimes very cringy mistakes. And making fewer of them, you'd hope. Exactly. As you get on. And I, I've genuinely made far fewer mistakes in the last five years than I made in the five years before Preach. that. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Far less people who dislike so, me. So I hit, I hit 30. I am leaving the cringe years behind even further. <laughs> I'm forgetting about them more because my brain's decaying. It's yep. great. <laughs> it's it's yeah i mean brain what starts decaying at what 27 28 something like that <laughs> so, yeah exactly ah, put us in the bin just all, all i gotta do is get myself that 
that long COVID brain fog and <laughs> I'm going to be a happy, forgot my entire life human being. You'll be sharing stories of things that just didn't happen. <laughs> or memories that you thought happened and turns out the story's completely made up at this point. That's what, Yeah, I heard that. I think we've talked about this before. The, the, more, right? access, the more you access a memory, the, the more you the, alter it. Yeah, you, you, you warp your memories every time you think about it. And them. The, the thing that you think happened didn't actually happen, but because your brain has now altered it, you believe that that was the yep. definitive version of events. One of my one of my defining childhood memories is like running very fast towards my my mother in a public uh-huh. place and yelling something really embarrassing. It's not to be repeated on air. <laughs> when I was in my twenties, I discovered that it wasn't even me who did it's it. Not. <laughs> my younger brother. <laughs> He ran at my mother and yelled something really embarrassing. <laughs> but in my brain, it was my memory. I did it. It formed my character. It, it wasn't real. You were the main character of that story. <laughs> yeah. So, like, perfect example. I did that before I knew memories could be changed. I, I changed a memory to insert myself as the embarrassed, <laughs> the embarrassed person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't do that with childhood. I just do that as an adult. I make myself, like, the main character in everything. Am I the drama? It's hard not I don't to. think I'm the drama. It's hard not to make yourself the main character it's about how you kind of try to treat everybody else as also the main character because everyone is the main character yeah but even today like i went to go collect a bike my first bike in a decade because i feel like i nice you know i could i could genuinely cycle to work because it's it would take me less time than the car so good but uh when i arrived at the the house of of derek and rachel and rachel's like colin how are you and i was like oh just you know uh, and suddenly everything that's ever happened happened in the last <laughs> months just disappeared oh, from my no. brain uh, how are you no <laughs> you just say i am bike and so like the first thing i went to was covid and i had covid in february it's now june. it's now june it's like wait why am i talking no i'm fine you might on a really nice holiday call I, yeah, exactly. and then it was like 20 minutes later i said oh yeah and also we went to venice oh my goodness <laughs> instead of like starting with the good stuff i think it's because you know we all have butchered post-COVID interactions with other people. And that absolutely chalked that one up because I'd started talking about COVID before, you know, Venice or asking my boss for a raise or (laughs) remortgaging. All the fun stuff I could have said instead. Yeah. Uh, One thing we are doing is uh, myself and Graham are thinking. We are thinking, contemplating. Contemplating. About going up north to the house. Now this is uh, this is breaking news, uh, ladies and gents. For those of you, which excludes my parents who do not listen to the show, thank goodness. <laughs> I've I've yet to ask them, but we have oh, okay, we have talked okay, about it. Okay. We've like figured out. Okay, here's how we might approach it. Maybe ask the favourable parent first to like test the water, see what's happening. Okay, see if it's like a gore. I don't think it will be, but we're gonna try it anyway. But you can ask, yeah, you can because ask. Because we've got the holiday dates to go, and as you say. We're old people now. We're adults. Yeah, yeah, we can, yeah. Do so we yeah. not have to be scared of other adults? We can just be like, look, I want to go and show you my hometown village. Yeah, other adults are idiots too. <laughs> yes, and we can do that because we are not children. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's the exciting thing that's happened. We've we've contemplated. That's what we've that's what we've done. <laughs> In exciting news, we were thinking about asking if we can do a thing. <laughs> that's that is accurate, and also. <laughs> A fun, a really fun conversation about remortgaging, which again, ladies and gents, avoid it's it, like, put it a, off. It's horrible. I it's hate it. It's a confusing. It's a confusing ah. business. No, it's not confusing. It's expensive 
Because oh, yeah. I had the chat with a guy and I said, look, I suspect in the next year uh-huh. I will have sold this flat. Right. And he said, okay, great. That gives us basically no options because either you sign up for a two-year deal, which if you break, you have to pay 1% of your property's value. Wow. I thought, okay, that's not happening. Scary. <laughs> or you just stick with your standard variable rate, which will charge you an extra 120 quid a month on what you're currently paying, mm. but it means that you can leave at any time. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. that's like picking, you know, do I want to grab a big thistle or do I want to, you know, have a fight with... Um, and a bigger thistle. <laughs> with a bigger thistle. Thanks for finishing that sentence. <laughs> and and ultimately, you're going to lose both. Yeah, so, that is a, it's a pain. Trying to, trying, to, trying to sell a place that is still getting paid for is obviously not going to keep anyone except uh, the bank. Uh, Exactly. And most of that money, the extra money, is interest. It's not even paying off the mortgage quicker. It's just, hey, here's some extra money for you. For no reason. The the world economy went pretty weird (sighs) and you've got to pay us the money now. So, yeah, as I was saying, main character, whilst you were having a birthday and whilst the queen was having her platy-jubes, which we'll talk about in just a second. Yeah, I was, you know, just contemplating and crying about life. Contemplating things. It's difficult. It really is. It's horrible. I'm I'm pretty close to to being one of those mortgage payers you as are, well. Yeah. Now that I'm old, I, s- I signed some paper for you. You did. You signed. You you witnessed. Stroked it. your cat. It was wonderful. Oh, she had a cone in her head when you were here. The cone is long <laughs> she gone. Did. Oh, good stuff. How's, how's the progress on the, you know, when do you own it? When do you get the keys, even though you've lived there for a I actually years? haven't heard anything since I sent that, since I sent those Great. papers off. So, Love that. Uh, I'll, I'll maybe chase them up soon, I guess. But I'm not too stressed because okay. the longer it takes, so long as the bank isn't like retracting their offer, the longer it takes, the... <laughs> The the longer it takes before I have to start paying it, which you know, true feels feels nice in a sense. <laughs> and then you're back in the rat race again, just chasing the next paycheck. And on that note, Exa- yeah, constantly. Welcome to Seesaw Parade, episode two eight six, where we chase paychecks, where we desperately claw on to the remaining listeners who are attempting to escape. I'm Colin, and he's James. Yep. And welcome to your new favourite podcast, Scotland's longest running uh-huh. podcast. Yes. that That's just a statistical fact. I love it. Award winning. Yep. Discussion every so often, usually a couple times a month about life, politics, news, sport, entertainment. Yeah. And things that make you feel sad. Actually, we could We could do more. We could do more on that sad front. I feel we've not been making the crying happen enough <laughs> lately. We are also... Statistically less popular than the Queen. Well, which now, now I don't know about you, James, but I have seen one house or one flat in my uh, development here on the South Side, which has adorned itself with Union Jacks. But that's it. There's only one. I haven't walked the block this week, (laughs) uh, but I am leaving. I'm going for a walk today. Hey, so I can report back. Uh, I'll scout for for girls jubilee supporters. <laughs> okay, and I'll, I'll I'll let I'll let you know later. Will you be just how much jubileeing there is? Right. Will you be doing anything for the jubles? I thought it was last weekend, and I did nothing. <laughs> and it's nice to know that I get to do nothing again, again. this weekend. <laughs> Even better. No, it's uh, it's today, tomorrow. Today's Thursday, by the way. Tomorrow, 
Oh, it is. Saturday. Oh, I it was Wednesday. Sunday. So it's like a four day. I don't know what we're meant to do. I think there's obviously a lot of things happening in London. Street parties. You're <sighs> supposed to like get the tables out, get out that, those like UK flag table cloths and cups of tea and That biscuits. very much though is a is an English thing. It's not a, a Scottish thing. I I can't think of anyone in Scotland, perhaps some maybe in the northeast, in somewhere like Ballater. Maybe towards the border. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, borders as well. Yeah. I mean they're basically England. So that's the only places I can think of where they have the full street party regalia and sausage rolls and toasting the queen and I mean it's fine she's done well she's 96 she is dying and that's fine she's probably dead already they've just like stuffed her <laughs> with m- machines and and, and and coolant and it's pumping her around uh. she's going through the motions you're starting a new conspiracy theory. I mean, it's bad enough saying that she is a lizard from the core of the She's earth. She's a leather person. Wearing a skin suit uh, and um, drinking the blood of children, which I realised is also a conspiracy theory. Why she's 96. She's, oh, she's on yeah, that fountain of youth. Child blood. Yeah, that works for sure. Adrenochrome. Um but no, no, you are, you are, you are correct in that it's okay to celebrate the queen. It is. I don't think she deserves it, but if you think she does, that's fine. There was a, a video I saw of Piers Morgan, um, of course, oh, loves the queen. Thing, yeah, man. very staunch. And uh, he was having this discussion, or maybe a, a debate, shall we say, with someone who was essentially saying, at a time when we're being told to, you know, tighten your belts and. Look under the sofa for any spare 20p's because you're going to need them. Why yeah, exactly. Why are we spending billions on a, on a celebration of someone who's just been in charge of a something? Nothing? <laughs> for 70 years. Like, great. Well done. Pu- you're still traveling around for 96 years. Great stuff. Well, okay. okay. Can we go back to worrying about how I'm going to pay the rent next month? Yeah. It would be... I don't think it's like... We can't do things, make the queen not do things because of money. Because when it comes to internal spending, it's not going anywhere. We're just kind of paying people within the borders to do things. It's kind of just like fake economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Who cares? But we should be also doing fake economy for everyone. We should give everyone the fake economy so we can all just have a good time. <laughs> yeah, there, there was part of this debate that was happening on, I think, Talk TV, which, a, a new TV channel, because we don't oh, have enough the of flailing, them. the flailing channel, yeah, right? Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. there was this discussion like, oh, yeah, but look at her. She's still going in 96. Everyone in this country can't wait to retire and look at her. She's still doing that. And the person on the other side, I think it was Marina Park, said, well, look, if you asked anyone... Who you know works in a factory or runs a shop? Hey, would would you like to be the queen instead? Yeah, everyone would do that because it's so easy, it's so privileged, it's so elite. <laughs> There's this idea. Oh no, no, no! She's just so self-sacrificial. She's done no, she's so much for the country. Gal. She's just she's she's just like the rest of us. <laughs> Absolutely not. Inclu- including all the stuff that we've talked about in the show before. Where either she or her office... Oh, yeah, yeah, right now, there's massive scandal. ...attempt to get, like, UK government or Scottish government ministers to e- exclude her yeah. from certain rules and regulations. Yeah, they, 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 they live above us, they look down on us, they want us to celebrate them. Meanwhile, the Queen didn't uh, give me a happy birthday. She didn't <laughs> She didn't tell me anything nice about, like, my, my fifth year at work. What, I was supposed to care about her 60th year at work? She didn't care about my fifth. 
<laughs> no, it's it's overspending. It's it's overinvestment. It's a little bit of a cult. Um, it will die with the rise of more more and more people not caring because more more and more people don't care, and that's that's in my opinion a good thing. We can focus on things that are actually beneficial. But for now, right, right. I do think that complaining about the spending and stuff. Uh, rather than trying to suggest we should not spend, it would be better to say, why can't we spend on everybody else as well? Which right. I think is more convincing. We'll get to, to all the actual news in just a second. But for those of you who are wondering what I was talking about with the Queen attempting to get, uh, you know, exclude her from laws, this was uh, last summer. Yes. Where the Queen's lawyers lobbied Scottish ministers in secret to change a draft law which would exempt her private land from the plan to cut carbon emissions. Which means that the, the Queen, who is, of course, one of the largest landowners in Scotland, is now the only person in the country not required to uh, look at, for example, how her buildings are heated yep. by renewable energy. She doesn't have to do that because yep. they she's a queen. secretly spoke to the people in charge and said, hey, she's a queen. Yeah, she doesn't have to do all the other, other hoi polloi do because she's the queen. We're lucky, we're lucky that we know that they went back channels and yeah. uh, pushy proddy like only some of us do back channels they, they, what they did isn't what what they did isn't good it's bad and what the queen asked them to do obviously because the queen has to sign off on these things it's very bad it, it isn't good and if she didn't sign off on them then uh, we got to question the power of the monarchy all the more. Okay, right. Well, before we get into Cease uh, Operate After Dark, talking about uh, how we end the monarchy in the United Kingdom by uh, violent revolution, let's talk about how you can get in touch with the show. At Cease Operate... I thought you were going to make another bag channels joke. On, but, okay. on Twitter. I mean, we can. I can make more of those jokes. Blast them until they die. Uh, if people... <laughs> People in the audience really want to hear more of those. At Seesaw Parade on Twitter. Seesawparade at gmail.com for anything longer form. If you want to send us a review of something you've watched, uh, a movie, finished a TV series, a book, a play, whatever it is, get in touch, send it over. Yeah, did you watch a pot boil? Go ahead, tell us about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I've seen in the last uh, 10 days two multiverse movies and one was significantly better than the other all right so there's your teaser nice and let me give you a clue one of the movies was marvel <laughs> which one do you think was significantly better the other one correct hey. well done you get a you get a birthday sticker okay james let's crack on let's okay. talk about uh boris johnson oh, and breaking the law In fact, I know this isn't on the list, but yesterday, okay, we we had Lord Gite, who is the uh, the ministerial advisor, dude, right? Who 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 essentially said to Boris, "You need to explain how you can break the law and that not count as also breaking the ministerial code." And Boris's res- response was, "Ah, but I didn't break the law." On purpose. Oh. So, so, there, so therefore, I didn't break the ministerial code. You know, I am learning so many things about how law-breaking works, thanks to Boris. It's like, hey, I know I ran over that that old woman, but I didn't but do I, it on purpose. I, I just, I had my eyes closed. So therefore, I get off scot-free. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, right. This is, this is the news that the Sue Gray report has finally been published after months. <laughs> Embarrassing. Boris Johnson insisting that he would and will 
stay on as Prime Minister despite oh, the bitter right. and painful judgment of the Sue Gray report into the party's hell. Oh yeah, hard for him to bear, I'm sure. Downing Street during the COVID restrictions. So this is uh, a, a highlights of the report. Um, mention excessive drinking, mis- mistreatment mm-hmm. of cleaners and security staff, which was a new one. Whoa, yeah. And the COVID rule breaking. Uh, Sue Gray also said the leadership in number 10 must bear responsibility for its culture. And that then was followed by everybody in opposition calling for him to quit. And in the last few days, last 48 hours, the pressure has been cranked up. Because in the wake of the report, yeah, yeah, true. we then had more photos of the Prime Minister drinking during lockdown, which, as it later emerged, we'll talk about the Met Police again, turned out that at this event, where Boris was uh, had drink in hand at the mm-hmm. leaving due for Lee Kane, the uh, head of comms in 2020, the height of lockdown, yes. people in that party, at that party, were fined. But the Prime Minister... Was not. Yeah, but he had his eyes closed. <laughs> he he was standing six feet away. The, the police. So I don't know. The police looked into it and they went like, "Oh no, but that's Boris." No, I actually, I actually, I do think there has been a, a statement by the police who basically said that they they find the people who who filled in the questionnaires properly, <laughs> and they couldn't find the other ones because they didn't do their questionnaires right. Which I'm assuming means Boris and all the other leader leaders. Yep. Um. Which is, what are we paying the police to do? I mean, anyone at this point who still maintains that the Metropolitan Police are an upright, upstanding organisation who are, you know, in all in faith of pursuing the rule of law are deluded because <laughs> yeah. the Metropolitan the Police terrible investigation are a corrupt organisation, and that right. has I, been made yeah. patently obvious from the last. Oh, six to 12 months. Anyway, just at this point. Fortunately, a few good people are going to be taking them to court. To they make are. It, to make it known. The Good Law Society, I believe, have taken them to court. Indeed. This is, uh, so to take you up to date then, again, this is Thursday. In the last 48 hours, there has been a more concerted effort among rebellious Tory MPs uh, to submit letters of no confidence in the Prime Minister. So we've been here, done this before. Oh, yeah, there lot. was all this talk of yep. submitting 54 letters to Graham Brady. And once they get to 54 letters, they have to have a leadership contest. Yep. If Boris wins that, he gets to stay on as PM for a year Whoa. before they can have another contest. And uh, off the back of this, we had uh, Nadine Doris. <laughs> I like that rule so much. Like He wins it. He's like, well, I'd quite like to retire in a year. Just like starts like punching people in parliament. He can just do what he wants. Yeah, because they've had that vote. Can't have another one. Sorry, everyone. I don't know how extreme it would get. So yeah, yeah Nadine Doris, the culture secretary, and one of Boris's biggest fans uh, claimed last night, this is Wednesday, that calls for the PM to resign were the result of a coordinated campaign yep. by backbenchers, accusing them of doing the opposition's I mean, work. No, they're doing their own work and it's coordinated because they're smart. But sure, Nadine, well done. <laughs> so before we get into some sort of discussion, final piece of... Um, stats and facts here right the majority of tories would still back the prime minister on paper i know right but in the event of a uh, vote of a leadership contest or a vote of no confidence a secret ballot is held so despite the fact there are something like 145 maybe 150 what's called um 
paid for positions, you know, people who are in the cabinet, people who yeah, are yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. secretaries for cabinet ministers, people who are trade envoys, those people who've been given positions by Boris, in theory, should vote for him to stay. But it's a secret ballot. So if they do get to 54 letters of no confidence, which, if you read some reports, may happen in the next few days or the next week, if they get to that point, is it too early to say that he would lose... Because I still don't think he would, despite the fact that we are at the point no, where like the Prime Minister has broken the law, broken the ministerial code, rewritten the ministerial code. That was another thing that happened in the last oh, I can't 10 believe days. It, yeah. So that it's no longer a resignation offence, as long as the PM <laughs> still believes in you. I know, right? <laughs> this, is, this is where we're at. You know, I, I find it hard to oh, believe. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I find party. it hard to believe every single week, every single episode, we talk about the level of whether it's law-breaking or just sheer disregard for, you know, the people of this country, the rule of law, fairness, honesty, and we just keep stooping to, to lower and lower lows, and yet yeah. he is still in charge, and I believe if they have a vote, a leadership contest, he'd still win. I think he'd win. I think that if we had a general election, like with the last one, where... Uh, the the opposition, opposition parties don't work together, the Conservatives would win again. Yeah, yeah. Even though they're polling super low. I think they're still in a position to win and win because their support is still polling pro-Boris staying in the job. It's mad. <laughs> I, I think Boris would stay in the job. So the, the only thing we can hope for, because I, I, I think that we'll get the no-confidence vote, there will be some Tories who are happy to go public and say, like, I'm against Boris because they're hoping to be, like, the next generation of leaders after the, after we are done with Boris once and for all. But I think the only hope we have is that we continue to see legit teamwork between all the opposition parties to say, you take those seats, we focus on these seats, strategize, split up things. I, I, I don't see Boris's position weakening, especially since... Not nothing that is getting investigated is getting investigated properly. That goes for the Met, and that goes for um, that goes for the Sugay report. It was almost blank as far as I'm concerned on things that would have been interesting. Where it's just like, well, we didn't investigate this part because the police were going to investigate it, and we didn't want to interfere with that. It's like, well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You could investigate it now. You could do it. You know, the police are done now. You could you could get into that. And no, no sign of wanting to. So, they're they're going light on Boris, and I think, I think Boris gets away with it all. We have uh, Sir Keir Starmer, the head of the Labour Party, the opposition, who has sent a questionnaire himself just the other day. So that's Whoa, yeah, that's uh, one for him he to fill out because yes, as we've talked about before, had a uh, Durham police looking at this gathering on April thirtieth last year where he had a beer and ate curry. Yeah. So is this one, James? That could, um, as you say, whilst the polls show the Tories are behind, is this something which they can desperately cling on to? Well, that's the only reason that the investigation exists is because the Tories are desperately pushing for it to happen. Yeah. They are desperately wanting uh, Keir to be looked into for this what looks more like a work event. And it does look more like a work event. It looks like people worked late and had dinner in the office, which included a beer. Um, Now, I'm still upset that it happened. I think that Starmer and his team should have been smarter than that and they should have not been doing things that would have been very difficult for anybody else in the nation to do, like having a somewhat social work dinner. Um, 
So while it might not have broken any laws at the time, and we'll, I guess we'll find out if, if it has or has not, um, it isn't the best thing. But he also is saying he'll quit if he's found that he has broken the law. And I bet he will. Okay. Uh, because, you know, Lab- Labour Party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they don't have the balls right. of the Conservative Party. <laughs> uh, and I believe that we've talked about this before. So very briefly, if, let's say, Stormer does get found to have broken the law and he resigns, does that mean Boris follows suit because of the precedent set? No, 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 no. Yeah, because... Starmer has to quit not because of the law, but because he insisted that Boris should quit. That's it. Right. So it's it's the only reason Starmer has to quit, according to the Tories, is because he was he was so insistent that Boris would have to quit if he did it. But it's not because it's actually what he should do. <laughs> I see. Okay. Right. Well, let's just just before we move on, what's the next chapter of the story? I mean, I know it's been pretty unpredictable. But More photos. We have had now the Sue Gray reports. Met Police have issued all their fines. They've said that that's it. No more fines. Yeah, yeah, just the one for Big Bo. What, what's to, what's to come? More pictures. There are more photos that exist. You think? Completely shockingly, some of these photos are just straight from like the official photographer of whatever the prime minister uh, but people have those photos some of there's no way a hundred percent of the people that have those pictures are on team boris so we will <laughs> i think see a couple more leaks of pictures okay let's move on and uh content warning here we're going to talk about what happened in texas uh about 10 days ago mm-hmm. now so yeah. to, to get into uh, some of the detail and where the story is at the moment, this was the news that a, a 18-year-old gunman attacked a school in Texas in Uvalde. And yeah. as reports have emerged over the last few days, it appears that nobody challenged the attacker. And it's unclear if the school door that he accessed was even locked at the time, which apparently is standard protocol yeah. in many schools in the States. And what seems to have happened after the attacker shot dead 19 children and two teachers, as well as uh, his own grandmother, it appears that the police turned up and waited. They stood outside for about 45 minutes. And to the extent that parents who were wanting to get in and rescue their children to see if their children were still alive, got arrested, got pepper sprayed because they were shouting at the police to do something, to get in there. Yeah. So before we we talk about the wider discussion about gun control in the states, and I feel like a broken record, as I'm sure everyone in the states does as well. Yeah. Just just on that police response, I don't think there has been a clear answer yeah. yet as to why that happened. But there has been an apology as to oh yeah, sorry this happened. But I don't understand. I can't figure I think out it's why. Like, sorry, we didn't help sooner, but we're really glad none of the officers got shot. It's like they did actually. Very yeah, you, they actually put out a press release, which was yeah. So really sorry about this, but also yes, thank goodness all of our officers were fine. Yeah. Now great. It's really com- it's really complicated because everyone is very and very understandably angry that the police didn't charge it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that the police didn't try to clear clear room by room the building. Now, I think as well that the police, especially in America, where they are overly trained, overly equipped, where they get like 40% of the city budget, yep. they should have been able to walk in one door and slowly at least start checking the rooms. Maybe leave some police outside to make sure none of the parents are rushing in to cause even more danger because I can see why they're not letting people rush in. Okay, but but an hour um, between the gunman arriving and him being shot dead, that's far too long. Yeah, so 
it doesn't make sense to me that even a very unequipped and untrained force wouldn't make an effort here. Um, I've got to assume that people, at least some of them, the police uh, people that are there are like decent human beings and they wanted to do the best thing and they just didn't know and they didn't have guidance. So I'm assuming that it's people higher up the chain that were failing rather than the ones that are getting uh, yelled at by the parents outside. Whatever the procedure is for this kind of event, it is clear. There is no way that this town and this state and this entire nation hasn't got procedure written down for how to approach an active active gunman situation in a school because this happens often enough that they will be training to respond to this uh, city by city, uh, whatever, whatever. Um, So the fact that there wasn't a response shows that someone did not do their job. So maybe they called for the SWAT team and the SWAT team was a bit slow, but they didn't do like the the second part where it's like, well, while the SWAT team is still not yet there, try and secure more and more things, whatever the actual procedure is. Right. I expect jobs will be lost, but I've also seen some headlines that the person who we're most expecting to lose her job, which is like the chief of police or whatever, has been just appointed a different job very quietly without an interview and without any of course. Uh, publication. Um, okay. Yeah. As you'd expect. Let's let's just take a sideways step then, because as of time of recording, there have been over 200 mass shootings in the States this year. Wow. And in the last few days, in the last 24 hours, there was a mass shooting at a hospital in Tulsa. There's at least four dead there. Walmart in Pitts in Pennsylvania and a high school in LA. Yeah. And that's just in the last day. Yeah. And there was a couple of different responses to the shooting. Let's let's focus about the on the one in Uvalde. Okay. A couple of different responses. The first one was, okay, we need to arm the teachers. Now we've heard that before. Oh yeah. Yeah. More guns, yeah. Are we also going to pay them for like the security service on top of teaching? <laughs> there was I believe it was the comedian Jim Jeffries who who uh, talks about this in one of his stand up sets. He says, Yeah, can you imagine the teachers, you know, particularly the ones who you know, the supply teachers who would turn up and your goal was, uh, well, some of the goal of the, the kids in the class was to make them cry. Oh, no. Give them a gun. Yeah. That's going to work out really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the other argument, which is, okay, we need to get security, you know, people, staff, whose job it is to just be on school with with handguns, with rifles, whatever. Imagine the mental health effects on the kids to be constantly surrounded by guns. I mean, that too, but as £9 an hour Billy, yeah. as soon as he sees someone approaching the school with a, you know, an assault rifle... Oh, no, no, yeah, no, because their security's job when there's a gunman thing is not to, like, engage, it's to get, get yeah. people away. So it would just be more people shepherded into rooms to hide and maybe have a gun to return fire. It wouldn't actually solve it. It would just cost a lot of money. Okay, and before we get into the whole Dems versus Republicans discussion over kind of whose side are you on the final (sighs) argument I keep seeing and this is from people it's from politicians this is a mental health problem it's not a it's not a gun problem yeah I guess which state just like took hundreds of millions of funding away from mental health programs. So what would you say then to people who who would argue that mental health is is the problem in the states and that's what's causing all these gun deaths? The fact that as of I think it was this year, a child under the age of 18 is more likely to be killed by a gun in the states than a car. Mass shootings and gun deaths are caused by a lot of things. <laughs> One of those things is 
access to guns. Yep. <laughs> kind of obvious. Get a few get a few fewer guns and there'll be fewer gun deaths. Because in every single one of these mass shootings, the authorities come out to say, Oh yes, the gunman got his guns. Yeah, legally, legally. got his guns. They legally got these guns that are capable of um mass harm. Now there is an argument to have uh, access to guns that are less harmful. Sure, I'm not in the States. I don't feel the need for guns. But if you feel the need for some guns, then reduce magazine capacity, uh, limiting on access to ammunition, uh, limiting where you can store your guns that you own, things like that. Sure. But gun control comes in many ways. So guns, a thing. You can also include, you can you can solve that by increasing gun control. Now, there won't be an easy solution. There will always be criminals with guns. But the more you control them, the, the more the more uh, regulated and locked away they are, the less gun deaths there will be. The next thing, mental health. Mental health definitely is a big factor in mass shootings and shooting events. It, but I would also argue that indoctrination into certain uh, ideologies... Well, into gun culture and into ideologies. where Culty ideologies are about, like, let's say, race purity and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so, yeah, so those things... Uh, but that's mental health as well, because we can tackle people's ability to think and not get cultified through mental health. Now, if you want to argue that mental health causes these things, spend the money on mental health programs. Especially, don't take the money away from those programs like um, most Republican states do, like conservatives do over here. If you want to reduce violence that you think is caused by mental health struggles, don't make more mental health struggles happen. And do do make make fewer happen by spending more money on the resources needed to tackle them. It's wonderful. It's it's quite it's quite simple. It's just like whatever you are trying to say is the cause of gun violence, you can tackle that. And instead of just going, well, it's not guns, it's mental health. Let's do nothing. You can say, well, I don't think it's guns, it's mental health. Let's try and tackle mental health. Um. So whatever it is, it, like it just stacks up that we can tackle it, but the states refuse to tackle it, whether it be. Uh, whatever the, whatever state it is, whatever they're deciding to blame these things on. We've talked about this, uh, again, I know every single time there is a mass shooting, we, we have the same sort of discussions, but a couple of points to make before we do get to the political argument. When we had the Dumblane shooting in 96, UK changed the law, hasn't been a mass shooting since there was that shooting in Durham, Newcastle. There's been shootings um, since, but shootings, but yeah. rather than that sort of mass shooting, we just it just hasn't happened. The same in Australia, uh, a port something shooting in the nineties in Australia changed the law. They do buyback scheme. They ban they ban large rifles, stuff like that. Yeah. Hasn't been one since. And, but then you go to Canada, uh, and even in the last few days, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister, has announced that they are going to be changing the law on handguns. Canada have responded better to this than the States. Even though yeah, the shooting yeah, happened in the States. And Canada, I believe they had one last year in, in uh, Toronto where half a dozen people died. But other than that, even though they have guns in Canada, it's just not the same. It's the mashings there are, are like really a shock. Yeah, exactly. So part of it has to be because every time it's said, oh, you know, the UK banned it, the Australia banned it, why can't the States ban it? Because to so many people, it's enshrined in the Constitution. So therefore, it's a whole culture. So yeah, therefore, yeah. you know, you cannot, you simply cannot take away our guns because it's part of who we are as a nation. Right. And so I don't think that argument of, oh yeah, but look at all the other countries, look at the UK, it just doesn't hold water in the States because our countries did not have that same affinity to violent weapons of death. And that's just, 
that's the anomaly because the states is is built different well, to how let's say how the UK and how Brits feel about guns. Well, or how other countries that have more access to guns. There's there's other countries that do have access to firearms, but Finland uh, they don't have exactly the same culture around it. But I would I would so, so that's so that's my point is that the American culture right seeing this as a Scottish person appears to me like it's very much that ability to own guns is built into yeah. the fabric of who they believe they are. So and so you cannot win an argument based on, <laughs> oh yeah, but look at all these other countries where there was a school shooting and they banned guns. No, yeah, no, there's no point. There's no point saying, well, the UK doesn't have guns and they don't get shootings because the states will be like, yeah, but they also don't have freedom. <laughs> what if their government tried to oppress them? What would they do? And it's like, well, we'd go through all the other means of, you know, general dissent. Yeah, I saw a tweet uh, today from... <laughs> pretty easy. I think it was Ian Chung, a right-wing grifter, who said, the problem with Justin Trudeau taking away Canada's handguns is when America invades Canada... Yeah, exactly. What, what are the Canadians going like, to do? In this fictional future where nothing, where, which is never going to happen, what would you respond? It's like, well, in that fictional future, actually, they'd probably have a military response. And if they needed to recruit civilians... They'd probably just dish out the guns, kind of like Ukraine's done. Dad, <laughs> quick! The Americans are here. Where's your gun? I, I think I think it is a little part. There's a little part of all of this that is a little bit of a, a individualist hero ideal, where an individual can protect themselves if they have a gun. They can protect themselves from the state if they have a gun, but the state will stamp on you. Doesn't matter what gun you have, you'll get beaten by the state. Um, that's why we have to keep the state in check before it becomes a guns thing. Long before it becomes a guns thing. And if it starts kind of maybe becoming a guns thing, we can talk about that. <laughs> um, tackling the American gun culture uh, would require getting rid of the gun lobbies. Um, Which won't happen. It, well, it, it can, is the thing. It won't because the Democrats are underwhelming and the Republicans are against it. Can, it can, but it won't. But it can happen. And it's the fact, the fact that, that we have to keep in mind is that things can happen and we talk about them so that America okay. is embarrassed by the fact that they can't do it. And that maybe one day they'll wake up and realize I'm fed up of embarrassing myself uh, because everybody else knows some minor solutions to problems I'm having and I'm not willing to do a single one of them. Okay, just, just uh, to that point, sorry, just to that point. I believe that after, and I've seen other people say this, after Sandy Hook in 2014-15, when 26 five-year-olds yeah. died, shot dead, and still nothing happened, that's the point to me where it was, you're just never going to win this argument. Because if you cannot take action after something as yeah. horrific as that, then you're gone. Like, there's there's no hope for you. But there are more protests and there's always going to be more protests and we can hope for more mass action. People have learned again, they've been reminded again about how effective mass action is and mass protest is. So hopefully we okay, might so see things like making it uh, more culpable for somebody who bought a gun for somebody else who then committed a crime with that gun. You know, and then maybe we'll have a little bit less of that going on. Right, so talk to me about the political side then, because here, here we are. <laughs> what 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 happens now? Because it seems to me that both sides are, essentially the Republicans are entrenched in their position, the Democrats won't do anything. Well, yeah, so it's, there's this really funny idea that, that it's just both sides are taking extremes and that nothing will ever get done. But the Democrats, when it comes to guns, are pretty not extreme. They don't really seem to have a goal or anything they want to change. They kind of maybe want to ban some of the the worst of the assault rifles and they maybe want to limit who can buy guns a little bit more. That's not extreme at all. Whereas the Republicans, the fact that they don't want any change and they probably are arguing for uh, 
uh, other uh, controls to be revoked in certain states, which they still, I think, are doing. Um, it shows that there isn't really a discussion to be had. We, we need to shift the window of the discussion, not from what the Democrats think, which is not very much of anything, to what the Republicans think, which is just keep things as they are. More guns, please. Um, we need people yelling about reasonable solutions so that the Democrats maybe realize, hey, if we started talking about those reasonable solutions, we might not lose voters. It's why it's important for people who aren't a politician to say the extreme thing that they believe in that is for good, um, like ban all the guns. I don't think no, you can ban all the guns in the state, but I think people should be yelling, ban all the guns, so that the Democrats can go, well, if we ban some of the guns, maybe we wouldn't lose those voters who are saying to ban all the guns, you know? Um, but the Democrats, they want to change very small things. The Republicans aren't going to let them. It's going to be a grandstand. The Republicans are going to are going to wield it for their good. The Democrats are going to try and wield it for their good because they're more interested in votes and stuff like that than they are in actually like helping things. So it's just sad and underwhelming what's happening in the States. Okay, James, let's talk about some of the other headlines that have been going on. Let's start with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, because this is the thing that everywhere oh, yeah. I look, people have My had goodness, you can't escape it. opinions, videos. Oh, look, here's a video making fun of Amber Heard. Oh, look, here's a video showing how great Johnny Depp is. And what's happened in the last oh, it? Yeah, day, it was very one-sided. Yeah. It was. We'll get into that. A US jury has found that Amber Heard did defame yeah. her ex-husband, Johnny Depp, with an article in which she claimed she was a victim of domestic abuse. So jurors awarded Mr. Depp, yep. uh, who denied all those uh, charges of abusing, $15 million in damages. And Miss Heard then won one of her three counterclaims um, about Mr. Depp and was awarded yep. $2 million. So over the last six weeks, yep. this court in Virginia has heard basically every sordid, tawdry detail of Mr. Depp and uh, Miss Heard's unhappy marriage. And it, it seemed to have, as you say, just grabbed everyone's attention from every sphere of, of life. It's been everywhere, yeah. And suddenly everyone has an opinion on it. And even in the last day, when the jury reached their conclusion, and people started, in certainly where I was looking on Instagram, people were sharing Johnny Depp's Insta post of like, oh, you know, my the last six years have been hell and I'm so glad to be on, over it. And then other people were sharing yeah. what Miss Heard was saying, which is, you know, this is a, a loss for victims of domestic abuse everywhere. So it seemed that Whoever you are and whatever you do, you had an opinion on this. Eh. So, James, I mean, as I've said in the... Let's do our opinion. Here's our opinion. As I've said in the notes here, everyone loses in this court case. This was just yeah. a total mess. Well, yeah. Uh, I think the main loser uh, in terms of integrity would be the legal team representing Amber Heard. Oh, for sure. Who have been embarrassed over and over again by the internet reposting their failures. Um it's been a curious one. I don't think we've had a case like this be so scrutinized and so public. One-sided? Uh, quite one-sided indeed. Um, and like viciously so in many a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody is being mocked. Now, I do not want to come down as though I'm saying Amber Heard is a good person or treated no. Mr. Jonathan Depp very well at all. She was very much an abuser and a manipulator um and you know he's won a he's won a, a trial that i didn't think he would win because 
uh, this kind of trial, as far as I was aware, is more difficult to win in the States because you have to prove the intent of the party, yep. not just that they were wrong. Whereas in the UK, you just prove that they were wrong and they've got to pay you. Um, um, so I, I'm sure that he is happy to be, be to have it all behind him. I hope that he just doesn't try and latch on to this as some like career bolstering thing. Remember, I'm that guy who you talked about a court case off for, for weeks and weeks, but he doesn't seem the type. Um, I hope he's learned a lot of lessons because he also was acting as a very bad partner. Yeah, yeah. Towards his very bad partner. And there were people who were just toxic to each other and who needed to split a lot sooner than they did and stop harming each other. Um, I hope that a lot of people who have followed the trial might notice in themselves some of the behaviors that were getting uh, witnessed about and yelled about in the trial so they can intervene and interrupt their own behaviors that maybe reflect okay. Jonathan Depp or Amber Heard um, so that they can... Uh, learn about it. I, I I don't see that there's much hope of good coming from a thing like this being so public, but maybe people will learn how to uh, notice toxic relationships and get out of them a bit sooner. I don't know. That's my only silver lining, really. Yeah, I mean, my, my overarching point, and I include ourselves in this, is that after six weeks of constant analysis and content... Live streams. The verdict is very clear. Yeah, live streaming. We, as people, are too stupid, rash, and psychologically inept to be able to weigh on weigh in on this trial at all. Yeah. So much of what has been talked about in this court case either did happen or, you know, a version of it happened. Yeah. But certain things we know for sure. So, for example, as you say, Amber Heard clearly did a lot of really terrible stuff. Yeah. And so did Johnny Depp. Yeah. He also did a lot of terrible stuff and wrote some really horrific stuff in messages to friends yeah. about his wife. That was toxic. Which was, yeah, even like reading some of them now. I don't think it's... Awful. It's, it's like... So... Like writing messages to people, you can understand the different levels of that and it's just a sign of a very unhealthy mind. My, so my overarching point on this, because right. I was... And I mean, I mean this. I mean the word fascinate, fascinated in like the most it's, yeah. morbid way. I was fascinated as to why Johnny Depp got so much favorable coverage, both from general, you know, yeah. the media generally, but also just people, like everybody. Like it feels like PR. And there were you know hashtags to show this. You know his side was supported so vehemently. In comparison to Amber Heard, and every single time I saw like a TikTok video or yeah. something on Instagram, it was always disparaging about Amber Heard. It was never yeah. disparaging about Johnny Depp. So I find that fascinating when clearly yeah. I, both of them yeah. made terrible mistakes and were bad people. Both of them. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not just one over the other or so-and-so is lying. Not at all. This was a case of defamation. It was not about did this happen or did it not. Did what Amber Heard write in that article... Was it true? Did it harm his career? Make, make Johnny's Depp... Uh, reputation yeah, suffer, and and the fact is that it, the fact is that it did. He lost he lost a lot of jobs. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That are being said, and I think that that's the key difference between him and her is that they may have both done bad things, but afterwards he was the loser in, in instantly. Right. He, he lost. He lost acting gigs. He lost reputation. He uh, lost cases, and he lost money, and. And what did she lose? She 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 kept her jobs. Yep. She kept her fig. She kept her public figure. And for several years, it kind of looked like she was on the list of of uh, abuse victims who have 
overcome abuse and escape the thing. But slowly the story started to escape that kind of painted a different picture that she was also an abuser and maybe didn't deserve all of this public sympathy that she got at the time. Right. And maybe didn't deserve all the compensation that she got at the time that she promised to give to charity but then didn't. Didn't. Um, um, And that kind of, I think, is the main reason why people were so on board with like Johnny Depp winning. And I don't think it's because everyone thinks he's good. It's just because... I think people like rooting for the loser and and okay. they don't really mind if the loser is also a bad guy. Um and he he was and he and he, hopefully he won't be from now on. Um I I don't really see any other reason it's different unless he hired some very good uh, internet trolls and PR and stuff like that. Yeah, so to to my point there, I I do and the jury clearly came to the same conclusion, agree that Depp was defamed. Yeah. by what Amber Heard had said. Because as you say, yeah, he did miss out and lost movie roles he had and the high-profile campaigns and things like that. Some, the yeah, problem some major, I have some major paychecks. is with the mocking and the cruelty yeah. of yeah. how Amber Heard's been treated. So, for example, one of the most liked and shared TikToks is a meme of her of her crying in the court recounting this, you know, alleged abuse. And in some cases, actual things that happen yeah. happened, you know, with Johnny Depp defecating in, in their bed and smearing his own blood all over mirrors and stuff like that. Wait, things, wasn't she the one that pooped in the bed? Did they things, both poop in the bed? I think they may both have done at different points. Anyway. I'm sure she pooped in the bed. That was a, that it's was a thing. It's now gone beyond just mocking it's now just mean it's it's just not nice it's nasty there's a part of it that comes down to people in the public eye and in the celebrity kind of status they do not get to get away with things uh privately they don't get to have a as much of a private life they don't even have the right to have a private life we've had that established in the courts they can't expect everybody to just treat them uh, like they're not a celebrity so that includes all their failures the only thing that 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 can be controlled is how much they engage with it and i don't think we can tell everybody stop making the memes because to be honest some of her acting in court was terrible some of johnny's acting in court was terrible you could meme about it it was less it happened less often and i guess he mostly just looked like he was depressed and doing nothing right my um, point is that it was all aimed at amber and as i say i'm not rather than taking sides this is just yeah factually what happened yeah I, everything <sighs> that i saw was anti amber and and that's yeah, I just felt that was wrong because, as we saw in Britain, the judge in the British defamation trial found that Johnny Depp abused or assaulted Miss Heard at least 12 times during their marriage. Yeah. So it's rather than, it, oh, yeah, one's the underdog and one's the saint, one's the sinner, both of them were bad. Both of them yeah. did terrible things to each other. Well, so why are we picking a side? Aside from what I'd said, I also think that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I also yeah, do I, think I was that, listening, I promise. Yeah, I also do think that Johnny in the courtroom was just a he did a better job of being in there. He got trained better, he took it more on board, he That's fair. He answered in questions in such a way that kind of gave him an air of I'm not I don't really care about you, Mr. and or Mrs. Lawyer, stuff like that. And he kind of came across like as I said, mostly just depressed, which I think we can all project ourselves onto whereas Heard was putting in a bit more of a c-class movie performance with a lot of her witnessing there was 
definitely acting going on where she was trying to force some of the upsetness and some of it was real. And you know what? Her fake crying tarnished the real crying. And her her acting as uh, in, in the in different situations where she was pretending for certain things tarnished all the real stuff. So I can see why people lump it all as fake when some of the stuff that she did that was fake was so obvious. I think she lost herself a lot of flexibility with the way she acted. And maybe her lawyer said to do that. And I wouldn't be surprised because her lawyers didn't seem good. I think that's another part of it. Okay. Is that her lawyers just seemed very incompetent. Um, on average, compared to to Depp's team, who who seems to have things under control, so yeah, it all makes sense, and it sucks that Mister that Jonathan Jonathan Depp isn't getting memes made about them because I'm sure they'd be funny too. <laughs> I'm sure they would be. My final point, because time is gone, and we still have more to talk about. Time has gone. My wow. my final point is: does this, and I've seen a lot of leftist writers writing about this, does this put off actual victims, be they m- men or women, uh... for from coming forward be- for fear of? Oh yeah, no, she deserved it, or you know, she actually. It was both ways. Both both of them were doing it to each other, rather than well, you know, legitimate victims of domestic abuse. I think it's probably going to be a good thing in terms of men feeling like they can open up about being a victim, because that's being laughed at in general. That's like like the man being the 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 abused partner uh, is generally. Just, just treated like it's nothing like what can a woman do right it's just the sexist views that is just ingrained um i i i do feel like possibly <laughs> there's gonna be uh, a difficulty to recover to the state where things were when it comes to women coming forward about domestic abuse or being victims of abuse because uh, a big uh, figurehead at one point or somebody tried to become a big figurehead at one point turning out to not really be a figurehead, of course, kind of removes that power. Um, I don't want to try and say it's a crisis, though. I don't want to try and say anything's going to change significantly because it's just one very public celebrity case. And I think we all know that we're not celebrities and that we're not going to get memed about if we're in court. Um, But I do think that as far as domestic abuse figureheads go, we we need them. We need people to be talking, and we need people to be heard, and we need the, we need the, um, the media to be behind them. So we need that for women. We need it for men. We need it for everyone. Um, and I'm sure that will happen. <laughs> I, like, what can we do? We just I, I don't want it to be a thing, but I'm sure there's other celebrity couples who are who have different dynamics. Where sometimes it's the man who's getting abused, sometimes it's women, sometimes it's both. We need we kind of need to know those things so that it becomes more normalized to talk about abuse so that more people feel able to talk about abuse. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about Ukraine. In the last few minutes, the president, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, has said that Russian forces now control 20% of Ukrainian territory. All right. Russians' uh, military are, uh, in his words here, attempting to break Ukraine's defences in the eastern region from all directions. Mm -hmm. And fighting has been raging in the key city of Severodonetsk, which is now largely under the control of Russian troops. And once they take control of that city... It would mean that Russia control almost all of Luhansk, which is a major part of that wider Donbass region. Yep. Uh, Russia has also accused the US of adding fuel to the fire for announcing that they're going to send more artillery to Ukraine, more long-range missiles. Right. And uh, Joe Biden, in response, said the goal was to help Ukraine defend itself. Well, it is, And yeah. Zelensky added that he had no intention of attacking Russia. So that's where we are militarily. Uh, and... 
James, uh, this is coming up to, I think Saturday will be 100 days wow. off the war. Very short war. Yeah. What's the next stage then? Because we've, again, we've talked oh, about this no. for, for a while. Is this just, yeah. I mean, I've seen now people speculating that this is going to be, it could be up to 10 years and it will just become a stalemate. Yeah, it feels like it at this point. Like Russia is going to keep throwing out, throwing their 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 people at this, throwing their equipment at it. They are running out of their up their modern equipment, I believe. Uh, they're having to uh, buy knockoffs from China, quite literally. Um, eventually, I, I like ten years feels ambitious for Russia, um, unless they start getting some major footholds, which they might, because they are really just trying to grind uh, this out by just getting their people killed and wasting all their equipment, um, because they're not going to be in a good financial situation, and they don't have a lot of support. They're, they're, they, they are still slowly losing support from the troops uh, over time. Yep. Uh, they're still losing generals over time. <laughs> Some of them are even being fired, which is weird. Um, Putin might be dead in like th- three years, apparently. <laughs> um, so I feel like 10 is ambitious. I, it, it depends what the next leadership does if, if they come in in the next few years and the war is still ongoing. But it's just... The longer it goes on, just the more sad it is, thinking about all the people who are uh, displaced, all the people who are losing their lives, losing people who are our loved ones, our family. Um, like, and I, I, I'm just getting to the point about it where I, I, I don't even feel uh, strong emotions. It's just an overwhelming sadness. Yeah, yeah. And thinking about the future of Ukraine, no matter who wins the war, which of course Ukraine should get all their territory back as far as I'm concerned and they should get compensation for the rest of their existence as far as I'm concerned. That place is going to be a mess. It's going to be awful. There's going to be mines everywhere. We're going to have reports for the rest of our lives about people stepping on mines in Ukraine. Uh, there's going to be unexplored ordnance everywhere and dangers everywhere. There's going to be uh, a, a whole ton of rebuilding to do. And like worst case scenario where Russia occupies it, it's just going to be even worse. It's the same thing, but with an oppressed people and with a, 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 a whole nation being taken advantage of by some overlordy type nation. So I can absolutely see why the US is sending more arms and I can see why everyone's keen to support because they don't want that to happen. But it is taking so long to grind out and Ukraine probably don't have the manpower to actually push back very much. So... It's just so bad. Yeah. Scotland at least did their bit to uh, support Ukraine by letting them win yesterday in, uh, yeah, in their yeah. quest to get to the World Cup. Scotland decided, you know what? You guys can go through and lost 2-1. You know, it just shows attacking Ukraine, not so easy. <laughs> okay, let's talk Sorry, about It's that. not actually lighthearted. We did lose. I hope it did actually. If we were going to lose and not make the World Cup, which is an actual thing that did happen as well and isn't irrelevant in comparison to the war, uh, yep. uh, I hope it did bring some warmth to the hearts oh, of for Ukrainians sure. and anyone who supports the national team. Like, I, I'm not happy, <laughs> but at least there's a silver lining. We did see, I believe it was Zinchenko, the uh, Man City and Ukrainian forward, who during his press conference talking about you know young people in Ukraine, and he just burst into tears. And you f- you really felt for him and thought, you know yeah. what, I do kind of want you to get there. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, the Scots um, were terrible and Ukraine got through. But anyway, talking off the US, let's uh, go back to Joe Biden continuing to uh, do what he does best and put his foot in it. This was he's in... He's uh, talking. In t- he's just talking. <laughs> in Tokyo. Saying whatever comes to mind. Tokyo last week, he was yeah. asked by a journalist, are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan? <laughs> 
if it comes to that. Now, of course, many past American presidents would have deflected, uh, declined to answer, demurred, but not Joe. He said, oh, yeah. yes, that's the commitment Absolutely. we made. And uh, suddenly the White House went into panic mode, raising the adrenaline <laughs> levels. Actually, our official stance is not that, please. <laughs> and, and yes, and suddenly this long-held position of strategic ambiguity on Taiwan, just in case the Chinese do decide to take yeah. it, was just like, you know what, no, of course we would come and help. And so now the White House then had to put out a, a statement to clarify, actually, no, he was just like... He was just saying what he thinks, man. It wasn't actually what we're going to do. It's not what we're really going to do. But yeah, China certainly considers Taiwan its territory and uh, has described it in the past as the most sensitive and important issue in its relationship with Washington. And Biden, of course, just disregarding all that, discarding it all and saying what he really thinks. Yeah, no, it's what happens when, when what you elect to be the leader of the states is like just hydrating a packet of Pringles and <laughs> stuffing it in a bag. He's decayed. He's just, he doesn't exist. He's just going to say what he thinks is a default, but he doesn't actually have a clue the, what the default I is. I don't understand. Like, he knows that that's the position, so why has he come out and said it? But he doesn't. He doesn't. He just doesn't know things, and he just says a thing because he's a president and he must talk. Yeah. I, I sincerely hope that the... Democrats and the Republicans can figure out that they need to be pushing forward candidates for leadership who are younger, whose brains aren't decaying. This is going to keep happening if they keep voting in people who are just too old to actually critically think. Oh, and okay. like I know it's not always about age. I know that it's probably he's probably got something along uh, alongside the age that is the problem. Uh, but you know, if age is the common feature, it's a thing to tackle. It's harder to be like, should we examine the mental health of every single candidate? Because who would you trust to do that and stuff like that? And like it. I, I don't think China is going to be willing to blow everyone up over this. No. Um, I don't think it's it's a huge problem. I just a little bit of a little uh, heart skipping a beat and stuff, but it will be fine. Okay, let's take it back to the UK. Every household in the country is to get an energy bill discount of £400 in October. Yeah. Is it a discount? Apparently. Uh, that's what this article says. It sounds more like a loan to me. <laughs> sounds a bit like a loan. It's, it's as part of a package of new measures to tackle the soaring prices. Poorest households in the UK will also get a payment of £650 to help deal with the cost of living crisis. Uh, Chancellor Rishi Sunak decided that actually he did have lots of money to help, uh, despite previously saying, what, a week earlier? Yeah, but only if you give it back. That he had done everything he could and it would have, it would be silly. The did say no to do anything else at this point. So he then retracted that and came back and said, "Actually, you know what? We do have some money for you." So this is where we're at. Uh, now I'm just trying to double check. I am pretty sure that this amount of money, except maybe I don't know about the 650, but the 400, I'm pretty sure it is just they're going to give us a, a a discount in quotes, and then we pay it back in the future. I don't think I don't think it's a loan. I think it's grants given to struggling energy. No, sorry, struggling in inverted commas energy companies. Oh no, okay. So this so this is this is the this is in place of the the earlier yes. plan for like two hundred. Yeah, so now it's the, and it's actually just four hundred, and we don't pay it. It's back. It's a grant now, yeah. But I think it's given to the energy companies, nice. and they take it off our bill. That's what I think is happening. Nice. Okay, so it actually is a bit of money. 
good. And they are also doing a little bit of a U-turn on taxing the energy firms yeah, they did. who are making record profits. Yeah. So um, um so it is it's cool as always for the Tories to do nothing and then do nothing and then do nothing and then ignore <laughs> the good solutions that the other parties are offering and then do nothing. Yeah. Then do nothing and then oh boy, it's a bit too late to do a thing. Let's uh, let's just do one of them anyway, even though it's too late. And here we are. They're doing it again. They're kind of doing a little bit of a turn, taxing the people who are making money, a little bit of a turn, dishing out actual cash that isn't getting paid back. Nice to learn that on the podcast. Yep. Um, and th- like both of those things are a good policy that they don't deserve the credit for uh, because they refused to do it. They literally voted not to do these things within the last month. And now they're doing them because they're idiots. And I don't understand how the whole party is so brain dead. Okay, let's go over to Australia, where Australia has elected its first Labour government in almost a decade. New Prime Minister Anthony Albanese told jubilant supporters that they had voted for change. He ousted Scott Morrison, who was often in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Uh, But one interesting thing about this election is that more... Green and independent candidates standing for uh, on climate yep. platforms. Kind of also makes sense. More of them were voted in than ever before, which can only be a good thing, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I'd say that possibly the fact that Australia has really experienced the effects of climate change very directly several times in the last decade, while also the leadership of the old party just kept giving money to the coal mines and, you know, reducing their taxes. Uh, I'm not surprised that people were a bit fed up of it and voted for other parties instead. But in a sense, I am, because it feels like in almost every country in the world, no matter how bad the pro-oil leadership is and the pro-coal leadership is and how bad climate change gets, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, but we'll vote for them anyway. We'll give them another chance. So it's nice that the Australians didn't give them another chance. Uh, So... There's an element of me, not a surprise at all, because it just makes sense to stop voting for the party that's destroying the world. But there's a part of me that's surprised because everyone just keeps voting for those parties anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do hope that this Labour Party and uh, they're not leading like a majority government or anything. They don't. They have to do. They have to work together. And I like it when there is no majority government. I like parties having to work together. I hope they can do effective things. I hope they can limit how dependent the nation is on coal and coal exports and on burning things and on making the world worse. And they can start solving legit problems instead of just, I don't know, taking holidays during crisis. All right, James, time is gone. Let's talk movies. I've seen two. I would like to talk about them both. All right. You seen anything? I can give you a very quick review on a couple of films. Okay. Right, well, I, uh, as mentioned earlier, if you're still listening, I've seen two multiverse movies in the past week. One of which nice, substantially yeah. better than the other one. I remember you saying that, yeah. So let me start with the one that I, um, I was less keen on, and it was, okay. funnily enough... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I hoped it would be a good one. This is the new Marvel movie. It's, of course, the sequel to, well, I mean, everything that's happened in the last uh, few years rather than a direct <laughs> sequel to the first one. Yeah. And, of course, it has Sam Raimi directing. I mean, that's a good thing. Which is very interesting. It's still out in cinemas. 
So far, it's the second biggest box office of the year. And it has familiar faces. Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong, Chuatalegia 4, Rachel McAdams, Zoshi Gomez as a newcomer, America Chavez. Yeah. And I'll start off by saying this is both very much a Marvel film and a Sam Raimi film, which I was pleasantly surprised about. It is the most horror-influenced Marvel film there has ever been. Okay. Uh, There are dozens of these little Raimi-esque touches. There's, you know, hands, eyeballs coming out of mirrors like the Evil Dead poster, which uh, Raimi uh, Raimi directed. Yeah. There are at least three gruesome deaths, which made me wonder how on earth this counted as a 12A. (laughs) Uh, Like a couple which actually made me wince. Wow. All right. Some uh, some legitimate jump scares as well as okay. uh, other nods to horror movies like Carrie. Okay, so madness legitimately is getting implied. Right, but of course there are still a, a couple of groan-inducing Marvel quips in there. Now, now, what I did like about the trailer, we discussed this recently, is that it kept a lot under wraps. But one thing that I will share is that Elizabeth Olsen's character of Wanda, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Uh, Wanda Maximoff, is has a much bigger role in this movie than you'd expect. I haven't seen the film, but we're expecting that character to go through a transformation. Yeah, like it is her, actually her movie rather than Doctor Strange's, to be honest. Not too surprising. And he is the one who's trying to fix, solve all the problems, but she is the emotional beating heart of the of the film. Yeah. Now, of course, Doctor Strange has a couple of emotional beats in there, but they're far less well-developed than, for example, a full season of WandaVision yeah. and the whole imaginary children, yeah, spouse yeah, that she yeah, had yeah. to kill to try and save the universe that Wanda has. Whereas for Doctor Strange, it's a bit like, oh, I, there was that nurse I liked, but I was uh, I was a D-bag and she's the one that got away. Oh, darn it. Whatever shall I do? Yeah, exactly. Right. So without giving anything away, spoiler related, this builds on top of all the character development we saw in WandaVision. It's a continuation of that story in some regards, and she does play it beautifully it is a really excellent performance from miss olsen and even uh, mr cumberbatch is, is pretty good in this he's obviously having to play a few different <laughs> versions of himself indeed yeah that was in the trailers as we have seen in the trailer but he does handle that well anyway on top of that there are some delightful cameos uh, we all knew yeah, yeah patrick stewart dr xavier but there are more which i will keep under wraps a couple thank you legitimate oh moments okay nice and there is a musical battle nice Almost like Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which I did really enjoy that. I am for it. I am for it. Yeah. So so there, there's fun, you know, there's fun moments, there's horror touches, there's some good performances. But my okay. problem with the movie okay. is that it's called the multiverse of madness. Right. And there are, there is one sequence, maybe two sequences, where Doctor Strange and uh, America Chavez are hopping through them. <laughs> oh, no. But you only get, no. like, legitimately a couple of seconds of each one. Okay. And it almost reminds me of those, like, Family Guy special episodes they did with Stewie and Brian, where you want them to spend more time right. okay, okay. Than, they, than they did in the multiverses. Because you just get to glimpse them, and you, you could have had so much fun in them. And in reality, in the movie, you only spend time in three multiverses. Right. That's it. I mean, okay. And... Th- it's a bit of a shame. I was expecting a bit more, but I'll take it. I think I'll take it. Yeah, and there is much more they could have done, but all in all, story well told in the time it has. Runtime is bang on two hours, so it's much more palatable, even if it feels rushed. And if you're into the Marvel Universe, it is worth seeing, even if it's not one of the best films. It maybe sneaks into the top half. Yeah, okay. I like Right, before I get into the multiverse movie, I really enjoyed... James, what have you watched? I watched both of the Quiet Place films. Interesting. Have you seen them before? Nope. What do you think? 
I thought that as far as horror films go, um, like turn your brain a little bit off, don't try a question things, uh-huh. suspend disbelief and all that. Pretty good entries, okay, like a okay. seven or an eight, if you turn off your brain and you don't think about things. However, if you start questioning character motivation for like a second, the film's like a zero. If you start questioning science for a second, the film's like a zero. Uh, it really doesn't make a lot of sense if you turn your brain to like 5% on. So I just kept my brain all the way off and really enjoyed these films. But it really is an all the way off thing. And it's strange because it is shot so nicely. It is. And filmed so well and sound designed pretty well. The score is a bit repetitive. Okay. Um, that you think, I can turn my brain on. This looks like a brain on experience that you kind of almost do. Like, no, 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 no. I mustn't. I must remain switched off and enjoy the film. Um, and if you do that, it is good. I think for uh, early in the career directing stuff from Krasinski, it's pretty great. Okay. Um, I do remember that when it came out, it got a lot of critical acclaim, the first one and the second one too. I don't think it deserved it. I don't think it was as good as that. Um, I think people were a bit over keen just because it was a somewhat unique premise. And I, I, I do also really like what they did with deaf characters, with sign language, and that's really important. And I will stand up for this film and say people need to see it and enjoy it, but don't treat it like it's a drama or don't, don't treat it like it's character driven. Okay. It is just a horror film with like a twist, <laughs> um, but it does a good job of being that. Fair enough. Okay, well, let me tell you about the other multiverse movie I've seen this week and the one that you I all... I said film, films. They are just they are just horror films. They saw two of them. They were both pretty much the same, though, as far as I Quite was Quite similar. Okay, well, yeah, if there's a film you need to go and see, it's this one. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. My goodness. This on the list. is... My favorite movie of the year by far, and it's is A two four. How you do? It's A twenty four. Of course, it is. Uh, the uh, yep. independent art house. I don't know how people. they. I don't know how they do it. And neither do I. But this is just brilliant. So to give you a very brief summary, and I would go and urge you to watch the trailer. But even the trailer doesn't really sell it because I was very kind of humming and hawing about it until uh, our cousin Paul was like, "Colin, do you want to go and see this movie?" I've seen it already. Two days ago, I want to watch it again. And I thought, okay, <laughs> if that's what he's feeling, then let's let's go for it. So this is uh, the movie with Michelle Yeoh, uh, who you would know from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, who's kind of been supporting cast in everything she's ever done until now, where she plays uh, the lead alongside right, a it. couple of other Perfect. familiar faces and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who has been engaged in a total social media war against Doctor Strange 2 by saying, hey, everybody, this is how you do a multiverse movie. Yes. And she is right. My goodness. It's so Mm -hmm. difficult to summarize Mm -hmm. what this movie is, but I would, I'm just going to say it, The Matrix with butt plugs. Wow. That's how I would describe it. And I am borrowing this. I'm, before I go any further, this next thing I'm going to say is copied from a Tumblr post because it is more well-written than I ever could. Okay. (laughs) And then then we'll move on. Everything Everywhere All at Once is about intergenerational trauma, about depression, passive suicidality, the gravitational appeal of nothingness. It's about aging, getting older in your 20s and getting older in your 50s, about the specific hurts that mothers can cause their daughters and daughters their mothers. Wow. It's about the harsh reality of the immigrant experience in the American dream. Right. It's also about choosing to sit at home doing taxes with someone you love 
and also about coming out to older people who perhaps have okay. specific points of view. And it really, uh, genuinely, and I mean this, mm-hmm. it is all of those things that I've just listed in a movie. It's incredible. And it actually does deliver on the premise. It is a multiverse movie. Okay. To the extent that I'm going to keep the best parts out of this review because Absolutely. there are some things in it which are so unbelievable. Perfect. That even if I described it, I would be underselling it. I, I mean, yeah, it sounds incredible. Must see. So all that remains to say is like, d- d- don't get me wrong. This is a weird movie. It's very strange. But if you can bear with it, it is phenomenal. I would say it's a must see. And uh, I believe it'll be on streaming before long. But if you do get a chance to go and see it in the cinema on the big screen, do it. Absolutely do it. Okay, James, let's uh, continue. Let's wrap up the show. Let's talk about Ray Liotta, who is the, uh, again, a familiar face to many of you who have seen movies <laughs> because he was in most of them. He's in a lot of films. Particularly the uh, the crime and, and mafia movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was only 67. He died apparently in his sleep. F- most famous for his role in Goodfellas, the 1990 gangster movie. Um, but also, yeah, he, he's been in so many other things. He was filming uh, a new film, Dangerous Waters, and uh, yeah, died just last week. Yeah. James, any thoughts on this? We've had a lot of big names in Hollywood paying tribute to him. I mean, basically, that's it. Uh, it's someone who deserved to, to deserves tribute on the way out the door. Like he's, I don't, I don't. It's a surprise. It's one of those you, it's someone who you know is older, but you don't think is at death's door, and yeah, yeah. they're dead. And like you, you, it's, it's an actor who. Would have hoped first to see more projects from before they before they uh, uh, died, and they didn't manage to finish this one. And you know, like there's a little bit of heartbreak in there. I can't say I was too emotionally attached to them as a person, but their some of their work was good, and uh, I, I feel for anyone who was close to them to have just suddenly lost them like this. With apparently, as far as I'm aware, no suspicious circumstances. There's no like, yeah, investigation yeah, yeah. into this. It is just they died, and that sucks for everyone. Um, but it's something that we see a lot of. So, okay, James, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about three trailers, and then let's bring the show to a close. First of all, we have a full trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder, the fourth. Wow! In the uh, Thor canon, and yeah, we've got an actual trailer with Christian Bale and everything. Let's have a listen. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. When he got in shape, he went from dead bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? Yeah, wow, Christian Bale, who... You know, I didn't expect to buy as much as I did. Okay, so talk to me about that. Because I was surprised that, he, first of all, he was in it, and he was in it as much as I thought he would be. I didn't think they'd do a full reveal of the character. Yeah, Neither that did was I. A, bit of a, a bit of a surprise. But they did, and I think it kind of worked. It did look a little bit like just somebody who had fallen into an ash pit or something like that. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think I like that kind of a thing, where it's like obviously yeah. a film. And then I don't have to like go, well, how bad is the CGI? Does it annoy me or not? Yep. It didn't annoy me. Um, and I liked the scenes that he was in. The, there was this kind of different feel to them yep. um, from normal film, especially normal Thor film. 
Um, so that's cool. I think aside from that, the film looked completely generic Marvel. Not a single thing interesting. There was a joke about uh, Thor getting objectified by an entire room full of people that I think was unacceptable. But, <laughs> you know, depends how they play it off. It is Taika Waititi, so I I have a little bit of trust that it's going to be a bit better in the film than it was in the trailer. But right now, I'm upset I mean, it happened. T- to clarify, in the trailer, Russell Crowe as Zeus... Uh, throws all of Thor's clothes off with his his finger, yeah. and the people who are all standing around uh, Zeus faint at the sight of Thor's penis. That is the gag. Yeah, and just just his, his bod in general, I'm sure. Um, so like it's a it's a it's an old joke. It doesn't feel like something with TT would come up with. He's smarter than that. Um, but it also doesn't feel like something that Disney would come up with. They are more they care more a bit more about you know audience retention <laughs> retention than that <laughs> so that's just threw me so much and i'm really annoyed that it happened and it's and especially because it's about objectifying people and like that is abuse on screen as far as i'm concerned and it's being as being it's being tr- played off for laughs and um, however if it's just to show the god's arrogance and stuff and then later they all get their comeuppance might, that could be it because this is what we're seeing as a god killer character and this film is about people who are gods. And therefore, some of these gods that maybe we aren't so familiar with, but are going to be in this film, they might be getting, you know, killed. The chop! So this could be setting them all up as as those people who are so out of touch, they think like a, like stripping someone is hilarious. And therefore, they die. Yeah, as for the trailer itself, I was pleasantly surprised to see Christian Bale in essentially Amdram costumes. It was very much like... Hey, what do we have in the back of the cupboard? Hey, can we paint this guy grey? Okay, let's do it. You're finished. Yeah. Let's go. It worked. And actually, I'm okay with that because, as you say, if he was just like a big CGI boy, like previous Marvel villains, I would have been very disappointed. So it seems like he's given some actual content to work with and uh, hopefully he actually gets some decent screen yeah. time. They've learned They've learned it a little, yeah. this. Yeah, there's, there's promise. Okay, two more trailers. Penultimately, Mission Impossible... Dead Reckoning Part 1. Dead Reckoning. Now, actually, rather than play a clip, because this is essentially just a sizzle reel of action shots. It is just really good cinematography, that's it. Really. Yeah, and also it just shows that they visited a lot of places. It is, they, you can tell that they travelled the world <laughs> to make this film. They certainly did. What did you think? <laughs> they did a really good job of making a Mission Impossible film into a trailer. Um, right. It, it, you couldn't have expected anything different. They, they've brought back some characters you've not seen in a while. That was interesting. They, they have. Yep. It, they, they, it is just another Mission Impossible film, though. It's like, haha, there's bad things. You, you can't, you can't save us, and then it's like going to be saving us, and we're going to travel the world. There's going to be a scene with a boat on a river, with people standing on the boat and in the river, and a train. There's going to be, a, there's gonna be all. There's going to be a plane. Uh, there's going to be all those things that you expect, but it's going to be spectacular, and everyone's going to see it, and that's why they are so confident releasing a trailer like two years before it's coming out or something ridiculous like that. Okay, <laughs> okay. here's yeah. Here's my problem. I have two problems with this trailer. <laughs> First of all, I agree. It, it Well shot. Clearly, they did visit a lot of places, burned a lot of the planet, but yeah. it looks great. It does. They've made a good looking film. And then, at the very end, when they, they reveal the title and the release date, release date, <laughs> July 2023. <laughs> okay, not quite two years. <laughs> and I, I just thought, right, you, you've shown us three minutes of explosions and shooting and pretty locations and trains falling off a cliff, and you expect even, us to wait yeah, a year for it. Even they know that we're all going to watch it when it comes out. It's one of those franchises. It's just, it's been, 
it's been good and bad to the same degree the whole right. time and everyone loves it anyway and the second problem I had was that they were, they were doing fight scenes and stuff in Venice and they were walking through St. Mark's Square and having just been there two weeks ago that's impossible you never ever yeah. would get <laughs> Venice that quiet not a single person there unless they filmed it during the pandemic and in the film the pandemic is still a thing well they probably did though they probably did Okay, last trailer, The Grey Man. This is, I believe, the most expensive film in Netflix history with Chris Evans and Ryan yeah, yeah. Gosling yeah. in the lead roles as, as uh, bad guys trying to kill each other and lots of other famous people in supporting roles. Here's a clip. What do you know about the Sierra program? Reckless mystery men you guys send in when you can't officially send anyone else. The Grey Man. Lloyd got an urgent locate and destroy that could be fun the man's got some street cred you hurt i mean my ego's a little bruised and billy bob's in there looking all billy bobby billy bob is i he is billy his bob i love him what did you think of this yeah it looked like mission impossible but not as good But, but it's got a different premise. It's two bad guys trying to kill each other. Yeah. And, a, and the Russo brothers, we can trust them to like have a little bit of humor and haha. Um, I do like Chris Evans a lot. Um, I don't know at what point I realized he was a good actor, but I eventually did. And I will actually watch Snowpiercer. whatever he's in. Snowpiercer for sure. But I watched that after I thought he was a good actor. He's good and he can carry. And if, if, we're, if we're getting him as just being charismatic bad guy, I'm... I'm in. And Gosling, he he acts Gosling. It's fine. <laughs> I've seen him in a lot of films that he was at playing Gosling in, and he was great in those films. So that will be fine. No, there are a couple of movies, Half Nelson being one that stands out, a, a cocaine-addicted teacher, where he is playing against type, and it's not just Ryan Gosling being Ryan Gosling. Now, I don't have a problem true, true, with that. True. He can do the other thing. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I prefer, I actually prefer Ryan Gosling doing Ryan Gosling than Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he's one of those. He's more likable. True. Of the Ryans, he's the he's the one I like watching yes. play themselves more. Yeah, yeah. That being said, this trailer, having literally just seen the Mission Impossible one, paled in comparison. And whilst yet, yeah. I like the people involved. I like the people who make it. Uh, it's just not going to be quite as good. Maybe that's why the Mission Impossible trailer got released, though. They were like, hang on, we can one-up this <laughs> could one. totally one-up They up didn't them. do as much travelling of the world. They don't have as good a cinematography B-team as we do. Uh, <laughs> let's let's one-up, because it has a lot of things in common. The world travelling, uh, driving very fast and all those things. But, you know, <laughs> it does look like a fun film. It doesn't look like just like that one with The Rock and uh, Reynolds. Red Notice. terrible. That was awful. Yeah, that film looked terrible in the trailers. This film does doesn't look terrible in this trailer. So there's promised. I, I I think I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'm probably gonna enjoy it. I'm going to wager at this point that the movie ends with Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling realizing they should be on the same team. Teaming up. Teaming up yeah, yeah. to take on the big baddie. Who's the rock? <laughs> <laughs> at this rate, likely, yeah. Highly it's likely. Be called Blue Man. And it's gonna be about percussion. <laughs> or or they just call it Blue Notice. And do you want know I can absolutely see a world where the sequel to Red Notice and a sequel to Grey Man combine. Oh, and they have a, like a, a war against each other. Notice. 100% that happens. Now, what's blue and red? Purple. All right. Purple, purple woman. Great. What's man and notice? 
Oh, man. Motus. No, uh, a Notice Man? Mattis. I don't know. We'll come back to that, but that's that's guaranteed they do a, a crossover. No Man. In the trilogy. Purple No Man. Oh, okay. James, this has been a bumper episode and I have a lot of editing to do, but thank you very much for your time. Oh, do your best. Dear listener, if you want to contribute to the show, if you have a thing to say, if you have a thing to review, I'd love to play it. We would love to play it. It changes up our voices being on the show all the time. Seesawparade at gmail.com or Seesawparade on Twitter or just like message us directly as some of us uh, some of you like to do yeah but thank you very much for listening and James will see you once the platitudes are over oh uh, well, yeah let's go party for four days hey uh, bye bye that long awaited coke binge <laughs> bye drink the blood of children do it responsibly <laughs>